said Octavius, shaking my master's hand. I know how busy you must be so close to your inauguration. My dear Octavius, it is a pleasure to see you at any time. You know my secretary, Tyro? Octavius glanced at me without interest. Although he is remembered today only as the father of Augustus, he was at this time Edile of the Plebs and very much the coming man. He would probably have made consul himself had he not died prematurely of a fever some four years after this encounter. He led us out of the wind and into one of the great military boathouses where the skeleton of a Liburnian, stripped for repair, sat on huge wooden rollers. Next to it on the earth floor, an object lay shrouded in sailcloth. Without pausing for ceremony, Octavius threw aside the material to show us the naked body of a boy. He was about twelve, as I remember. His face was beautiful and serene, quite feminine in its delicacy, with traces of gold paint glinting on the nose and cheeks, and with a bit of red ribbon tied in his damp brown curls. His throat had been cut. His body had been slashed open all the way down to the groin and emptied of its organs. There was no blood, only that dark, elongated cavity, like a gutted fish, filled with river mud. How Cicero managed to contemplate the sight and maintain his composure I do not know, but he swallowed hard and kept on looking. Eventually, he said hoarsely, this is an outrage. And that's not all, said Octavius. He squatted on his haunches, took hold of the lad's skull between his hands and turned it to the left. As the head moved, the gaping wound in the neck opened and closed obscenely, as if it were a second mouth, trying to whisper a warning to us. Octavius seemed entirely indifferent to this, but then, of course, he was a military man and no doubt used to such sights. He pulled back the hair to reveal a deep indentation just above the boy's right ear and pressed his thumb into it. Do you see? It looks as if he was felled from behind. I'd say by a hammer. His face painted... His hair beribboned, felled from behind by a hammer, repeated Cicero, his words slowing as he realized where his logic was leading him. Then his throat cut, and finally his body eviscerated. Exactly, said Octavius. His killers must have wanted to inspect his entrails. He was a sacrifice, a human sacrifice. At those words, in that cold, dim place, the hairs on the nape of my neck stirred and spiked, and I knew myself to be in the presence of evil. Evil as a palpable force, as potent as lightning. Cicero said, Are there any cults in the city you have heard of that might practice such an abomination? None. There are always the ghouls, of course. They are said to do such things. But there aren't many of them in town at the moment, and those that are here are well behaved. And who is the victim? Has anyone claimed him? Well, that's another reason I wanted you to come and see for yourself. Octavius rolled the body over onto its stomach. There's a small owner's tattoo just above his backside, do you see? 
Those who dumped the body may have missed it. C and M F C N. Caius Antonius, son of Marcus, grandson of Caius. That's a famous family for you. He was a slave of your consular colleague, Antonius Hybrida. He stood and wiped his hands on the sailcloth, then casually threw the cover back over the body. What do you want to do? Cicero was staring at the pathetic bundle on the floor as if mesmerized. Who knows about this? Nobody. Hybrida? No. What about the crowd outside? There's a rumor going round that there's been some kind of ritual killing. You above all know what crowds are like. They're saying it's a bad omen on the eve of your consulship. They may be right. It's been a hard winter. They could do with calming down.